I believe that the quality of life we live directly reflects the type of relationships that we have with ourselves, others, God, and everything in between. Welcome to my inner and outer world. My name is Tyler Joe Stratton, and I am the host of the Happy Heart Academy podcast, where it is my mission to significantly improve the quality of life you live by teaching you how to live more joyfully from your heart rather than your hurt, so that you can begin to experience more joyful and loving relationships with yourself, others, God, and everything in between after a devastating heartbreak. Thank you for joining me today. Now let the podcast begin. What is up, my dear friends, and welcome back to another episode here on the happiest podcast out there, the Happy Heart Academy podcast. I am your host and relationship coach, Tyler Joe Stratton. And today, my friends, I'm excited to dive into this episode and lesson for you. This is lesson six out of the eight weeks that we're taking you through, designed to help you to move on and just gain the support needed to help you understand what you're going through and how to handle what you're going through after a breakup or a separation, a divorce, a a moment, a a, a betrayal. And uh, I just hope that you're finding this uh, helpful, supportive, encouraging, and uplifting. I hope that uh, what you're going to experience today is some uh, uh, release and relief because I'm telling you, today's topic is all about the three most common post-breakup mistakes that I believe 98% of the people that I coach go through. And these are some terrible mistakes that are oftentimes prolonging their ability to heal, move on from their painful past, let go, and reclaim their life. Ultimately, these three common mistakes, when I speak about them here in the next couple of moments, you're going to be like, oh, hmm, you're right. I have done these three things. These are three fatal mistakes that you should avoid like the damn plague. That's without a doubt. I remember going through each one of these three mistakes myself when I looked back at uh, the years of going through my heartbreak in 2015, and holy shit, I was like, well, if someone were to to tell me this, uh, you know, sooner, I think I would have been in a better place quicker. So that's what I'm hoping that you're going to get out of this. You're going to identify the three fatal mistakes that you're probably making right now that's stopping you from being able to move on. And I hope that you take this information and apply and share it with other people because it's going to help other people to be able to move on. Um, and so, listen, this is lesson six, week six out of the eight weeks here exclusively found on the Happy Heart Academy podcast. This is a free course designed to help you to understand how to manage and take on your breakup so that you don't feel so alone and confused and lost. And um, I hope it's been supportive. And uh with that being said, before I dive into the t- today's uh, exercises and lessons, I want to make sure that you are aware of the free training that's still available exclusively on the show notes below. You can ch- tap the link in the show notes below. The, what you'll find there is ultimately a free training, and it's a training that I created to help you understand my story. And then besides my story, you're going to learn the three things that oftentimes keep you the most stuck in your heartbreak pain. And then the three things that I need you to focus in on in order for you to let go and rebuild and to focus forward to help you to be able to establish a a greater quality of life after your heartbreak. Listen, it is possible. There is, there is a, there is happiness after this heartbreak. There is a breakthrough after this breakdown. There is hope in the chaos, my friends, and I am so grateful that you're here. Thank you for spending this time with me. Now enjoy today's episode. Still with me? 
still following along okay? Finding these helpful, encouraging, supportive, and or uplifting today is lesson six. Today's a big day because we're talking about the three most common post-breakup mistakes that you can make that will stop you from being able to move on and heal your heart's hurt. I'm excited to talk about this one because these are the three most common mistakes you're probably currently making, I already made, and so many more people I talk to on a day-to-day basis are making. And I need to help you understand that if you can avoid these three things, if you understand what not to do, you will be more empowered so that you can steer away from that. If you just don't know what to do and you're doing the wrong thing and you're expecting the end result to be you know, happiness and a healed heart... You're not gonna. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be lost. You're going to feel like you can never get over them. That that might be your person because you can't ever get over them, and that's a horrible way of thinking. This is your ex you're talking about. This is the person that put you in this place that that made you feel so powerless and so emotionally distraught and facing darkness. Listen, we're going to work through this together. We're going to help, I'm going to help you understand the three most common post-breakup mistakes. But yesterday, before I talk about that yesterday, we got to talk a little bit more about, um, you know, ideally the idea behind how to heal your heart in six days or less. There's, there's five steps that I gave you. If you don't know those five steps, be sure to go watch the video um, on day number five, uh, where we talk about the five steps that I ideally take a lot of my clients through um, in 60 days to help them be able to actually move on from their heartbreak. Um, on top of that, we talked about um, a couple other quick quick um, thoughts that we spoke about were the three dangers of suffering for too long. You know, the first one that we talked about was you get used to the pain and that you identify with that pain. And I talked about the idea that it's hard to break your identity. So when the pain becomes who you are, you protect that pain and you don't allow healing to take place. The second thing uh, I spent some time talking about was how you cut yourself off from real love. Ideal, ideally, it's the thought process behind instead of running away from the thing that hurt you, you run towards the toward it, right? It's the thought process that when I went through my devastating heartbreak, I cut all ties away from the relationship I had with myself. I broke all ties uh, in, in, in my relationship that I had with other people including my father, my mother, my brother, I completely questioned God. I questioned myself and questioned my life. I broke ties with all my relationships. And what I realized was that was the biggest cause of my suffering. I shouldn't have ran away from them. I actually should have ran toward those relationships. And that's what I'm teaching you how to do is to run back to yourself Once you run back to yourself, you'll be able to reconnect with other people and you'll be able to reconnect with um, the people that you love the most. You'll be able to reconnect with God and everything in between. And the quality of life we live directly reflects the relationships that we have with ourselves, others, and God. And if you want to increase the quality of life you live and overcome this heartbreak, you need to run back to those types of relationships. And ideally, you know, if you haven't checked out my book, The Big Three, be sure to go check it out. Um, This is where I teach you how to rebuild uh, relationships with yourself, others, and God, and everything in between after heartbreak. So if you need help with that, um, definitely go get a copy of my book. Check it out on Amazon. Um, I think it's going to be very, very helpful for you as as I walk you through my story and then talk a little bit more about ways you can build those big three relationships. Because at the end of the day, it's not about the things that we have and acquire and the stuff that we do, but it's who we do it with. And it's about the quality of relationships that we have with ourselves, others, God, and everything in between that matter the most. So today we're going to be talking about the three mistakes that can cost you your 
recovery. Um, you know, and ideally, I like to kick off this by saying that 98% of you right now are probably doing these three big mistakes. And um, everybody, a lot of people that I talk to or coach one on one goes are doing one of these three things, if not all th three of these things. And ideally, what happens is if you do these three things, it prolongs your healing um, substantially. It takes so much more. It takes so much longer. Ideally, I, I walk people through a 60-day recovery time. You know, that's two months. But you do it the right way. You don't guess at it. You don't, I think this is how I should be. I think this is what I should be doing. Well, that's a horrible idea. That's a horrible idea. You need direction. You need guidance. You need help. I needed help. So some of these mistakes are just part of the healing process and uh, are absolutely essential um, to be made because, for example, breaking the no contact rule once and facing the devastating consequences behind breaking the no contact rule is a mistake you'll never make again once you break it. But there are these three fatal mistakes that you should avoid at all costs like the plague because if you can avoid these three mistakes, you'll be able to heal your heart's hurt so much more quickly. And ideally, I need you to write these down and understand these three as I slowly walk through them with you um, so that you really grasp the concept behind this. And if you can avoid these and you understand what not to do, you understand what to do. And that's one of the greatest parts of your healing journey is I now I have identified what I shouldn't do that's causing me pain and equals heartbreak. And I've also, because I've identified what not to do, I'll do the exact opposite of that and, do, and focus on what I should do. And when I focus on what I should do, my heart begins to heal. I know that that sounds like, well, first grade crap, but I'm telling you, it's how it works. We overcomplicate things. We make things so much more difficult than they really need to be. So the first one I want to talk about is the let's stay friends trap. You ever hear this one? I've worked with people time and time again, when they're just like, well, we're just, we're just friends. I just want to stay friends with them. You know, I've, I've talked about this so many different times, but I get I understand why people are staying friends with their ex. You want to stay close to them. I understand that. You know, you fear of losing them forever. I understand that too. You know, and um, being friends will at least keep them around is the thought, right? I mean, at least we're staying friends. At least uh, I have some kind of connection with them, even though they don't want me. I just kind of want to keep them around. You know, maybe you still have to communicate because you guys have children together. And this is a case for many of my current clients is they find it rather difficult to do the no contact rule. They find it difficult to be able to um, completely step away from their ex because they have children with them. So why not just try to make things better is what they usually say. It's like, well, I already have a kid with them. Why not just try to make things better and just be friends with them? Well, I just think it's a wrong way of thinking, to be honest with you. And if you don't agree, I'm okay with that. I don't, I, I don't, I don't really care, to be honest with you. If you don't, I don't think there, I think there's a time and place where you can become friends with them long term, down the road. Right now, it's not about creating that friendship after your heartbreak. You see, I learned a lesson from my parents' divorce. When they got divorced when I was uh, four years old, they hated each other, freaking hated each other. Cops were called all the time fights were being broken out like just like oh my gosh it was absolutely miserable I, either one person was in the hospital or one person was in jail or one person was what i mean i'm and we're at our aunt's house now staying and it was just like holy freaking heck you know it was miserable but now you know about 
I don't know, 15, 20 years later, yeah, 20, 21 years later, they're friends. She comes over to my dad's house. She hangs out with us. We're all together for Christmas. You know, um, we, we spend time together. Um, anytime I come back home to visit my dad or visit my mom, you know, we're all together. That's 21 years later. <laughs> you know, it takes time to get there. So what I'm trying to say is avoid the friends trap at all costs um, at the very beginning, because what this will do, it'll rob you of the little power that you have left because they will treat you as a friend. So you prepare for that. They're not your lover. They've declared that. That's why they broke up with you. So they will treat you as a friend. And are you actually prepared for that? They may even tell you about their new life in college or their new life at their new job or whatever, and keep you informed about the new relationships in their life. I ask again, are you actually freaking prepared for that? I wasn't. Even when I kept my ex around because I wanted to stay friends with her. I remember going up to visit her um, in college one time. Um, and she was my ex, but I still wanted to keep that relationship alive because I had hope. You know, I'm like, ah, this is my person. This is my person. I was, I was for sure, for damn sure she was my person. I remember I went up to college because I wanted to stay friends with her. I drove about, I don't know, three hours or so one way. And um, heck, we were supposed to hang out, just hang out and just reconnect and go out to eat and have, have some fun. Um, but she ended up having a, a date the night that I was up there, she was telling me all about this guy. I kid you not. It was, it was, and that was the moment enough was enough. I was like, I drove three hours to come visit you to hear about uh, your new relationship and how you won't spend time with me here. And you're going to go out to this party with this guy. You know how devastating that was. I was three hours away from home. Um, I ended up just like, I, I, I was trying, I was going to stay the night. Um, but I ended up leaving at like one o'clock in the morning because I was just so mad. I couldn't sleep. I wasn't going to wait around for her. My mind was going a hundred different places. And I'm sure you know what I mean, you know, and, and that this is, this is, this is the result of just trying to be her friend. Um, you know, and I, and, and all you want to do is just, just try to be there for them. Right. But all you will do is just keep chasing a person who doesn't exist anymore. That's exactly what I did. And you will keep having one disappointment after another. And that was the end result. It will wear you out emotionally. And it wore me out so much emotionally that it caused me physical pain that put me in the hospital where I was throwing up blood every single weekend, always in like my stomach just was in just a horrible condition, taking medications because of this. It was absolutely tr just just terrible time of my life. Um, you know, but there's a perfect solution to this idea behind just... Um, let's stay friend trap. And it's called the no contact rule as I already taught. I'm telling you, when, when I decided that enough was enough and I accepted that she was no longer for me, and then I started to like stop reaching out to her and started to just reach out to myself and take care of me, things begin to change and they will change for you too. Things will drastically change when you put yourself first. And I understand this self-love concept. Some people don't like it because, you know, whatever reasons, um, personal. But ideally, you have to take care of yourself because no one else is coming for you. I don't, and, and this is my, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer in God. However, I don't think God is going to save me. I, I can't wait around for God's doing. And that's just my personal belief. Like I had to take action to heal my heart, to, to get me, pull me out of that um, time of depression and time of thoughts of suicide. Like I, I, I was praying, it wasn't doing much. So then I took matters into my own hands and I got actual help. 
there's nothing wrong with that. It's nothing against God. It's nothing. That's why I talk about my book with, with my relationship with God. It's nothing, it has nothing to do with God. He's equipped you with everything that you need to pull yourself out of it. And I believe that I was able to pull myself out of it. And um, so, as I said, I think the no contact rule is going to be the best thing for you for the next 60 days. That's number one. It's all about the let's stay friends trap um, and how you should not stay friends with your ex because it's a horrible freaking idea. <clears throat> Second one is all about the idea of dating slash uh, rebounding immediately after the breakup. You find people more so your ex probably that broke up with you now has a partner already. Um, it's a rebound. It's immediately after the breakup. And if you are one of those persons, <clears throat> please let me advise you through personal experience that this is going to leave you with pain, a lot of pain will resurface. You will cause a lot of pain on other people. I, uh, right after my heartbreak and that night, um, after the, uh, college experience, um, I came home and you know what I did a couple weeks later, I found myself another person trying to escape the pain and filling this emotional void with another relationship immediately won't help you heal your heart's hurt. I thought it was going to, but it didn't actually, it will only make you painfully realize that this is not what you've been looking for. And I ended up just hurting the other person in the process. So why not try fulfilling this emotional gap with someone else? Well, because it's going to bring them pain. It's going to bring you pain and you lose sight of what you really need to focus in on. This whole idea of rebounding guys is just not a good idea because what if he or she gets attached to you? Then you have to go through another heartbreak. You're breaking someone else's heart. The, what I said, hurt people hurt people. You have a broken heart. Now you're going to go into a relationship with a broken heart to help you rebound after your heartbreak. And what's going to happen is you're going to end up hurting her or him. You're going to end up hurting them. Hurt people hurt people. It's a vicious cycle. Vicious cycle. And it doesn't make you feel good. And if you want to focus on happiness at the Happy Heart Academy, you cannot be hurting other people. Like you've got, you, if, you've got, if you're going to hurt somebody, hurt you before you hurt somebody else. Because they don't deserve to be bled on because they never cut you. Does that make sense? Like this rebounding immediately after heartbreak is going to cause you so much more pain because you're going to compare them to your ex and will never fulfill your ex, be your ex or do the things that your ex did. You guys had chemistry at one point in time. You had, you worked on that. They know you more than this person, new person knows you. And that's going to break you because they're just like, what's going on here? They might've been the right person for you, but because you went in with a broken heart, they'll never be the right person. And you'll lose your opportunity to actually work and build that beautiful relationship you could have had if you had a healed heart. That's number two. So don't rebound immediately after your breakup, which leads, brings me into last point that I like to make. And it's the idea of not addressing the identity loss that you're currently going through that I also went through. I mean, I think the hardest part to a relationship is not necessarily losing them. Like, I just, I kind of knew after a while that she wasn't good for me. But once I realized that and I still felt lost, that was where a lot of my pain came from. I still felt lonely. I still felt lost. I still felt confused. I felt, I still felt like, man, my life is, I have no direction. I have no purpose. I have no point. I have no passion. I have no energy. I have no, nothing that makes me tick. I don't know who I am. Like, who am I? 
I lost my identity. And the reason why I say you should not go right into a relationship after your heartbreak is really because um, you need to spend more time with yourself than you need to be with somebody else in this point in time, like meaning a lover. Like, I think it's good to have a supportive group here at the Happy Heart Academy, but your parents, um, you know, there's something about if, if, you know, going to a parent that just made me feel pretty good. Even when I still had a lot of emotional damage um, left unhealed, it just was nice to go to my dad and talk to him, my mom and talk to her, my brother to talk to him. It's, it's important to go to other people, but not get into a committed relationship. Now, I've already talked about the whole identity loss that occurs after a breakup and how dangerous that can be if you're too far gone and attached to the pain. We talked about that um, in uh, lesson five. Uh, this is the first thing you must concentrate right after you succeed in the following, the no contact for 60 days or maybe even during it. I mean, you have to really begin to focus on this. Like right after you went through this no, the 60 day no contact role, you need, or even during it, you need, you must, you be, you have to begin to focus inward. You know, you need to ask yourself the questions like, what makes me tick? What brings me energy and, and vitality and aliveness and joy and hope and my smile? What brings me happiness? What makes me happy outside of somebody else? What can I do that actually makes me happy that has not, nothing to do with something else, somebody else? You know, what is your life's purpose? These are questions that should lead you in the direction to help you understand who you really are and what you should really do with your life. And once you know, you also learn what your non-negotiable needs are and needs that you must not neglect during your future relationships because they are defined who you are. So like when you neglect, hear me out, when you neglect your uh, needs, you neglect yourself and you'll lose yourself in the relationship. Let's stop this from next from your future relationship. Like you need to have non-negotiable needs. Like I have a non-negotiable, non-negotiable need in my relationship with my fiance. One of my non-negotiable needs is she holds me accountable to this is every day I have to do something to work on my, my business and my purpose and my passion. And if that isn't done, I don't, I don't get the privilege to be able to spend all the time with my fiance. So I take it. She knows, Hey, I'm like, Hey babe, I have not, uh, actually got a lot as much work done as I wanted to get done. Um, give me an hour, give me an hour to just work on the happy heart Academy, work on some video content, work on some, uh, my coursework, give me an hour. And then, you know what? We have the rest of the night We have the rest of the evening. Like I can't lose myself and just give all myself up all the time to her needs when I can't even fulfill my needs. Like, and then if I do do that, I feel completely emotionally just, just drained. I feel like I'm, I'm just giving and giving and giving and I'm not giving to myself. And then I feel drained. So I always give to myself. There's a non-negotiable. She knows she'll, she'll ask me, did you get your work done that you wanted to get done today? I'm like, yeah, I did. She's like, great. What do you want to do? You know what I mean? But if I didn't, she's like, well, you should probably go do that. Because my happiness in my relationship is so much better when I have feels like successful, like I accomplished what my purpose is and my goals are and what energized me and what made me feel good. Like if you, if you do the things that make you feel good, happy, energized, makes you tick, makes you feel purposeful, fulfilled, and that will in, go and, and flood over into other areas of your life, like your relationships, like your health, like your wealth, like your um, overall emotional stability. And it will really help you. So you need to spend the night after the 60 day no contact rule, you need to spend time addressing this identity loss and recreating. Listen, 
You do not find yourself. You create yourself through trial and error. You figure out what you're about, what you're not about, what you stand for, what you don't stand for. In order to find yourself, I like to take people through a, a practice when I, when I coach them. Ideally, is like, tell me who you're not. Tell me exactly what you're not. Because when you identify what you're not, you'll, under, you'll begin to see clarity on what you are. If you just know what you're not, just do the exact, the exact opposite. You know, these are questions, like I said, that should completely lead you in the direct um, idea of who you are. And once you know who you are, you also learn your non-negotiable needs so that you can um, make sure that you're fulfilling yourself. And then you'll learn your, um, you know, needs that you must not neglect in your future relationships so that you can continue to pour from a happier place because this this is what I know. It isn't always easy to accomplish, but once you know who you are and what you stand for and what your values are and what your needs are and your, what your relationships and more importantly will improve exponentially because you are no longer fearful of being alone because you have you. And at the end of the day, that's all you have because you're, my fiance is not promised tomorrow. What happens if I lose her tomorrow? Well, I'm going to be devastated, but I'm also going to know who Tyler is because Tyler has an identity outside of the relationship. I have one identity. I'm a fiance. I'm a lover. You know, I'm a brother. I'm a son. But more importantly, I know what that means. And I know how to act when I say I'm a son. How, does my, how, does, how do I act toward my, my parents when I show up to their home? I'm a loving son. How, how do I, how do, how, how am I a loving son? Well, I give them hugs. I give them gifts. I write them cards. I pay for things. I take them out to eat. You know, I, I show appreciation. I listen intently to their conversations and their concerns and their issues and their, 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 whatever they're currently in going through. That's how I understand. So it's, I, I am a son, but I understand who I am when I am a son. I understand who I am when I'm a fiance. I understand who I am when I'm a heartbreak coach. I understand who I am when I'm just Tyler, which all of these things are just Tyler, but a little bit more about me is I'm a kind of, kind of kid that, and guy that just enjoys, um, you know, working out, enjoys video games, enjoys helping other people, enjoys coaching, enjoys reading, enjoys meditating, enjoys nature walks, enjoys disc golf, enjoys, I have my happiness elsewhere. I mean, it's everywhere. This is not just it. I mean, it's, it's diversified. Um, you know, so anyway, um, lastly, I want to talk a little bit about reconnection, you know, instead of trying to reconnect with our ex, our job is to disconnect with our ex and instead reconnect with ourselves. This is the idea of you've got to disconnect to reconnect to yourself, you've got to disconnect from your ex to reconnect to yourself and find the real you all recovery comes um, from the real me idea all recovery will take place when you begin to find you. And the reconnection to your real self will be the topic of tomorrow's lesson. Let's go. This is going to be fun. And the reasons why we tend to have the same kind of relationships our whole lives. You know, so please don't miss on that. We're going to have fun tomorrow because tomorrow's lesson will help with the reconnection work that I'm talking about that you need to do in order for you to actually begin to heal your heart's hurt, create happiness after heartbreak and find yourself feeling a little bit more joyful. If you found this podcast helpful, encouraging, supportive, or uplifting, please make it your mission to tell other people about this podcast, because I believe it is on each and every single one of us to spread more positivity, more hope, more encouragement, 
during these times of chaos, negativity, heartbreak, and struggle. Because I believe you have the power to be the dealer of hope by lifting up other people through positive education so that their life can begin to change and change for the better. If there is one thing that I would ask any of you to do, it would be to be the light in the darkness and be the hope in the hopeless and be the love that you know this world needs more of. And remember, it is our duty and grand plan to be the warrior whose mission it is to love, lead, and serve all of those that we can by being the person they need us to be. And you can begin to be that person in their life by simply sharing this podcast with those who you know could use some more help, hope, love, and encouragement. And with the utmost gratitude in my heart, I thank you for spending your precious time with me today and listening to the podcast. 